Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, babies in their diapers, welcome to the Tiberia Show with your host, Tiberius Boy! That's me, Tiberius! Today we're going to talk about some very awesome stuff. We have a video game about construction, a book about a group called the Data Set, and we have a coolly awesome guest. Today we have the one... A lawyer, investigator, bank advisor, and calls himself a professional nuisance. I got a feeling that you're going to be fun. I think it'll be fun too. Thanks for having me. Well, you're welcome. And today we're going to start off with a video of the week, and this is going to be a build, mate. And now it's time for the video game of the week. Roblox platform, and because it is on Roblox, you have to play it on PC, Mac, Xbox, and even your cell phone. And it is free. It was made by Sir Ming. You may remember him from his other games like Egg Farm Simulator in action, but this are reveals for another day though. So I get into the game and I see four circles, and the first one is to get a worker. The next is cash out, and then speed, and then strength. The worker starts to build an item like a house, and then comes back to get supplies. Each time he comes back, he brings back some moolah. You can use that moolah to upgrade some more workers, speed or strength. I like to go for the speed because it will make the workers go faster. Then I would do the workers because you get more, and they increase the amount of work done too. And then finally, strength. That increases the amount of money and supplies that are made at a time. After you finish them building, it starts a new one. After 10 of them, you advance to a new region. The first region is the US, and then you go to teleport to England, France, and then finally Italy. The game keeps adding updates, so I wonder what the next country is next. So I give Building Architect 8 out of 10 stars because the gameplay is fun, and if you do the math right, you advance pretty quickly. I also like the random coins that drop and give you lots of extra cash because all your workers are just working and there's like zero cash in the cash out. Over 40 years, Playhouse Central Florida has provided education, independent life skills, and job training to thousands of Central Floridians who live with blindness or any degree of vision loss. Whether it's picking out clothes in the morning or just moving around your community and serving Orange, Seminole, and Osceola counties, contact Playhouse Central Florida at or visit them online at LighthouseCFL.org. The Tiberia Show would like to thank one of their dedicated sponsors, Custom Designs Orlando. These guys are on Mills Avenue and do all sorts of stuff, ranging from photo ID badges, engraved signs, custom braille ADA signs, vinyl lettering to trophies and awards. The cool part about Custom Designs is they can ship products all over the United States. You can reach them at 407-898-0373 and tell them that Tiberius sent you. And now it's time for the book of the week. The data set, Robots Rule the School. Well, this book is written by Ada Hopper. This is a great series about three friends that get into danger, action, and trouble, and adventure with science. Let's to the back of the book. In fact, Peter, who would you like to do the honors? 
I would indeed. One morning, Mrs. Bell, the science teacher, challenges the students to invent their own robots. The class builds their best creations, and on presentation day, everything goes well. Until all the robots start malfunctioning. Now it's up to the data set and their new classmate, Olive Thompson, to deprogram these machines before an army of robots takes over the entire school. Okay. Well, this is an Arab Bergen's worth one full point. It is rated for third grade in six months. This is a great book for kids that love science and getting into trouble. Like me. So we are left off from the third book where our friends got back in the lab. Well, they go to the school like a normal, like a normal day. And, well, a new classmate is introduced. And she's very nice, but also shy. They are each given a kit and told to build a robot at home. The dinosaur went back to the lab to build their robots. Each were designed to do a different task. One provided you tools that you needed, another made cupcakes, and another would organize your stuff. And the new kid made a robot that would play games with you. Dr. Bunsen decided to make a battery so they could last forever, but instead, it made them smarter. So the robots all got together and to play a massive game of tag. Then the robots started to capture all the kids and holding them in the lunchroom like hostage. Oh, what were the kids gonna do? Well, the data set had to save the school. Then once all the kids were captured, even the data set, the robots said that they needed to play tag with the entire town. That's gonna be a lot of people. I mean, yeah. Well then, you're gonna have to read the book to find out what happens. Well, I give the data set, robots rule the school, nine out of 10 stars because it was really cool how they built the robots that they were designed to help people in many different ways. See, David Smith's You can call him at 407-801-2667. Wait, you are not Chuck. My dad can help when people get hurt. He loves to help If you are ever injured at work or in a car accident, you should call my friend Chuck. You can call him at 407-801-2667. The website again is cwsmithwall.com. Offices, Orlando. Does it actually have that much W's? <laughs> Mid-State Fire has been providing top quality fire equipment services for three generations to the Central Florida area. Don't wait for an emergency to repair. Call Mid-State Fire today at 407-246-8855. Get your fire extinguishers and emergency lighting for both your home and businesses by visiting www.midstatefire.com. That number again is 407-246-8855. Now it's time for our interview of an interesting person. This is going to be so much fun. Today we have the one, the only, the amazing... Peter is a lawyer, investigator, bank advisor, and calls himself a professional nuisance. He even worked with the United Nations. So first and off. Thanks for having me. And you're welcome. Well, so first off, how are you enjoying being on the show? This is a new experience for me, but I'm enjoying it. Okay. So I have to ask. You worked with the United Nations. Isn't that the place where all the countries meet and talk about peace? 
Yeah, they do. And they talk about a lot of other things as well, like laws and boring things like telephone wire sizes and satellites and anything else that affects all the countries in the world. Wow. Well, that is amazing. So, according to your bio, you have done so many jobs from lawyer in Scotland, investigator in Hong Kong, advisor, and even a professional nuisance. What is the job that you enjoyed the most? Enjoyed the most? Um, I think being an investigator in Asia when I when I first started, um, especially when I worked for the bigger company, because. You never really knew what was going to happen, what was going to come in next, and the variety was amazing. You could literally be working on a uh, an investigating a suspicious fire in Thailand in a factory on one day, and then two days later you're helping finding information to defend, you know, a company takeover in India, and before the end of the week you're involved in a bribery and corruption case in Singapore. And you genuinely never knew what was coming down the road. True. Okay, so I know what a lawyer does and an advisor, but what does an investigator do? Well, the simple answer to that is that they help lawyers finding facts so they can win their cases. Most of the work I did in in Asia uh, basically involved American or European companies who wanted to invest millions and millions of dollars buying into a company in. China or Malaysia or Taiwan,、uh, anywhere, and our job was to find out if there was anything important that the company didn't want the investor to know, and it would be very embarrassing if they found out. It became a front-page story on the newspapers on a Sunday, and that's what we did. We tried to find out. Okay. Well, what is the best part about being an investigator?、Uh, the, the variety, obviously, and. I think it's a job that really exercises your ability to think and think creatively, and it's not a job that just involves following an established procedure. It's not a job that you can train a monkey to do. Well, does it take a lot of training to be able to do this? Some of the best investigators I know、um, basically fell into it with no qualifications and very little training, and others. Have got years and years of experience and qualifications,、um, and a lot of it it's a combination of knowing、uh, enough about the subject matter and just being naturally good at it. Some people are better at it than others. Okay, well, what got you interested in being an investigator? I don't know. It was、um, it was not as though you know I had one sort of role model or anything. Or one TV program that influenced me when I was、uh, growing up, but、um, I'll tell you a funny thing.、Um, when I was a student at law school, I went to the、uh, I went to the careers department one day, and I asked, you know, what did what did they think I should do? So they gave me a whole battery of tests and、uh, personality psychometric testing and whatever. And they came up with through the computer spat out three suggestions. One of which is that I could be a lawyer. The other one was that I could join the army and become an intelligence officer. And the third one was that I could go into the insurance industry and become a loss adjuster, which is basically a kind of、uh, investigator. And I forgot about that for years and years until I realised that in fact I had actually done all three. True. So a bit of it is, I don't know, natural aptitude. 
But what is the hardest part about being an investigator? <laughs> the hardest part? Um, the thing that always scared me the most is not being able to to do what I was paid to do and not be able to find out uh, what I was uh, what I was hired for. And that actually only ever happened twice when I had to go back to a client and say, look, you hired me to do this and I've tried my best and I've got absolutely nothing. And in both cases, it, they were very difficult. They were very difficult jobs to start with. And all you can do is try. The client was still happy with that. Well, okay, your bio says that you're a professional nuisance. I know my dad says that I can be a nuisance. How did you get professional at it? Well, that is not something that I asked for. That is, uh, that's not something I set out to be. That's, that's a job that found me. Um, and that is, uh, that is something that, you know, happened because uh, of the, the arguments I had when I was with the UN. And, uh, and how they treated me. Um, and the thing is with the, with the UN, the, the UN tried to tell me I was an idiot and I belonged in the remedial class, you see? You're so rather than, rather than fighting back and saying, oh, no, I don't, I said, oh, that's very interesting. Can you show me what I've done wrong? And they couldn't. And then you start thinking, well, how come this guy, you're telling this guy he's no good at his job, but you can't tell him what he's done wrong. And as they say in Scotland, that's when the fight started. And the more I started uh, digging, uh, the more I realized that the problems were not just because I had some bosses who were idiots. There were some very serious, uh, serious issues there. So, um, you know, I basically started spending more and more time fighting it. And then when I, you know, after I went on the news the first time, First, as soon as I was quoted in the newspapers, speaking to one journalist, another one contacted me, and then another one and another one. My name gets out there, and then staff members start asking me for help. Other people who are still working in the UN. And as I say, some jobs you go looking for, and other jobs come looking for you. And that's where I am today. Wow. What is the most rewarding part about your job? Uh, fighting the UN is kind of like banging your head against a brick wall. Uh, the, the best part is when you stop. Uh, <laughs> but looking looking back on it, you know, over everything I've done, um, I know that there are people who still have their their businesses and still or still just have their jobs because of something I was able to do, to, you know, to to protect them and defend them at the, the time when they needed help. with the United Nations and then got to testify before Congress. Was that fun? Um, well, I'll say it's probably not as much fun as being on the Tiberius Boys show. Uh, but uh, the, the difference is you're speaking to a committee and half the people on the committee want to hear what you've got to say and the other don't. The other half don't. But Trump. that's politics for you. Yep. So you told them about the bad stuff that happened at the United Nations. Does that make you a whistleblower? I believe it does. Well, my friends call it that being a tattletale. Well, how do you know when not to tell on someone and when you should tell on someone? <laughs> uh, that, I think, boils down to uh, judgment. Or if you want to put it another way, pick your fights. Right? Okay. In, uh, 
In my case, as I said, the situation was nuts. Um, they couldn't tell me how I was an idiot, though they insisted that I didn't know what I was doing, and then they couldn't explain it. And if I'd just worked in another division, if I'd worked in the transport section or the translation section and I was offended by something there, um, it's really, it's up to me whether I want to report it or not. But what I thought was more important, and I still very strongly believe this to this day, if you've got corruption in your investigation division, you've got to ask the question, why, right? Because it's protecting somebody else. And you've got to say, well, what do they not want to look at? What are they not investigating? And why are they not investigating it? Because millions and millions of tax dollars are getting pumped into things and we don't know where the money is going. And the investigation department don't want to investigate, so go figure. Hmm? And that's what drove me on to do it. Okay. So, not only your job seemed to be well about being a problem solver, and you did this all over the world. What place did you enjoy the most? I enjoy most. The, in terms of enjoying the place, I think the place I enjoyed most visiting was Cambodia. Huh? When I was your age, or possibly a bit younger, I got a book, uh, I think somebody gave me this book for Christmas, and, uh, and it was, and that's where I read about a place called Angkor. And in the 1860s, a French explorer exploring the jungle in what was then called French Indochina, came across these massive stone temples that had been lost and had been covered in by jungle. And if you've ever seen Laura Croft's Tomb Raider, right, that's, uh, that's where it was, was filmed. But at that time, the Vietnam War was still on, and the war was in Cambodia, and there's no way you could just go to that part of the world. And it was something that was just in the back of my mind, and not something I thought about every day. But when the opportunity came up to go to Cambodia, and I went, it was mind-blowing. Probably the most fascinating place I've ever been in the world. Well, that's really cool. Well, what is the craziest thing that had happened while you were doing your passion? <laughs> the thing they said about Hong Kong was that the impossible happens every week and uh, the completely unbelievable about once a month. Um, I don't know. The, the interesting thing about doing investigation work is it doesn't matter. You can, you can be doing your 10th background investigation into a garment factory in China and you think, oh, well, I've done nine before, this is going to be the same, and you will stumble across something quite bizarre. And the one I always remember is the time I got a phone call from one of my investigators on the ground in Indonesia, and he said, we were looking at, um, we were acting for a company that was buying a chain of hotels, and the guy phoned me up and said, listen, I've spoken to the local police chief, and he thinks there's a dead guy in the basement of one of these hotels, in the concrete. Oh. <laughs> right. The, uh, the police chief wanted to know if this company was going to come and knock the hotel down, because he wanted to, he was, he was looking for a dead guy. And I had the glorious job of going to speak to this company to ask him. Yeah, that was, that was fun. Yeah, Didn't I... expect that when I went in on that morning. I can think. I know. So what was the one thing that made you happy about doing your work? Um, as I say, it's occasionally, uh, you know, I can look back on things and 
think, you know, we came up with such an amazingly crazy plan uh, to do something and it worked. And you wonder how many people in the world could have actually have done that. Okay. Well, what is your greatest achievement in life? I don't know. Um, it's one of many things I, uh, I don't know. Um, behind me on the wall, you can see I've got various uh, diplomas and qualifications up there. I don't consider them achievements. The one that I'm, the only one that I'm really proud of is when I was an army officer, I was commissioned as an army officer, and I have my uh, commissioning parchment, but that's above the fireplace in my living room. That's the one signed by the Queen. Uh, so who helped motivate or inspire you the most in following your dreams? Again, that, that's a difficult question for me. Um, I, I don't have one particular hero um, or anything like that. But I've always been interested in how ordinary people do extraordinary things and how a very small action can sometimes have enormous international or political consequences. Well, what advice would you give my listeners if they wanted to grow up and be a professional nuisance? I'm, I mean, investigator. <laughs> um, yeah, you're you're very good at asking difficult questions. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> uh, the only advice I can give you is that uh, good investigators know a lot about a huge breadth of subjects, right? Um, literally from uh, the style of antennas on radio towers to, you know, postal habits and how international finance works and everything else. You don't necessarily need to be uh, a specialist in any one area. At least I don't think I am. Uh, but you need a very broad-based education. Well, do you have a website or Facebook for my listeners that want to follow you? I've got a website. I've got a. I've got a website which is not finished yet. It's called un-justice.com, but that's very boring. I don't think you'll be interested in that. But uh, that's what I'm actually. It's one of the things I'm working on. We've got to Finish get it. that up and running. We are basically compiling more and more examples or public examples. Right of stupid things the UN and unfair things the UN has done. Thank you, Peter, for being my special guest. Can you stick around for math quarters? I can stick around, and hopefully you won't ask me any difficult math questions that I can't answer. Aw, Dad, my computer's slow again, and I can't play my games. Call your computer solutions today, and we will scan for viruses and clean that computer up remotely and make it fast again. Our phone number is 407-826-0810. Thanks, Dad. My computer's fast again. Now I can do my homework. Thanks for calling your computer solutions at 407-826-0810. The Tiberius Show would like to thank Boggy Creek Day Road Adventures for being one of our sponsors. I got to go on an air belt and saw a real gator. I even got to go to the gem mine and mine for some gems. We ate a steak dinner at the restaurant and even got some gator rights. If you want to have a blast with the entire family, I suggest you go to www.bcairboats.com right now to get your tickets today. The website again is bcairboats.com. Oak Ridge Gun Range.
Range is a family-oriented shooting range that has been in business for over 30 years. They specialize in basic firearm training and offer numerous services such as consignments, gun trades, gunsmithing, and concealed weapon classes. I even got my training for gun safety at Oak Ridge Gun Range. Great customer service and firearm safety is what they do best. So find out more at OakRidgeGunRange.com. Tiberius' favorite subject, it's Math Corners! Thank you, Peter, for helping me with Math Corners. Today, we're going to talk about multiplying a decimal by a whole number. Okay, so there are three steps needed for this action. Let's say we have 1.05 times 5. First, you would multiply as you would with the whole number. So 1 in 5 hundredths times 5 would be 5 to 5. And second, you would count the total number of decimals and places in your factors. Well, in this case, you have 1.05, which has two decimal places. And third, you have to move the decimal point in the product one place to the left for each decimal place you counted. Since there were two decimal places, we take the 525 and then add the two decimal places and then we get 5.25, which is the answer. Or should I say 5 and 25 hundredths. So Peter, do you not know all about multiplying a decimal by a whole number? Let me ask a program question about history or the longest river in Africa. I'm pretty sure I managed to get that one. Kinda, sorta, right? Let's see here. 5.25. I was with you on that. Well, thank you so much, Peter, for your help with Math Corners. I'm glad I was of some use to you. Thank you. And now it's time for Heart of a Lion. We at the Tiberius Show like living with the heart of a lion. Living with the heart of a lion stands for leadership, integrity, obedience, and nobility. This week, we're going to talk about obedience. For me, I think obedience is being fully committed to doing what is pleasing to God. The qualities of obedience are compliance with a good attitude and respect for the laws. You know when someone is obedient, when they follow instructions willingly and thoroughly. Well, as most of you know, I don't really enjoy writing the scripts for my radio show. And well, this week, I was really not in the mood. My dad helped me with two video game reviews, and I had to read a book and do the book review on my own. So I took 20 minutes per day to read the book, and then started the review before my dad even asked me to. I did it with a smile on my face, even though it is not something I enjoy doing. Well, of all of the Heart of a Lion virtues, which is your favorite? Integrity. Why? I can deal with, um, I can deal with people who don't have leadership talents, don't have, um, you know, as much understanding, don't have um, other qualities, right? And we can, you know, we can cope with that. We can help people. We, it's not a, it's not a requirement in life, but 
Um, I'm very intolerant of people who will deliberately lie to me. And it doesn't matter what it is, uh, what it's about. Um, it's a question of, you know, I think society uh, depends on integrity. This is why I don't like politics and politicians. Uh, I have uh, I have difficulty respecting anyone who will, uh, you know, lie to me for their own benefit and cover up something serious and something important. So my money is on the integrity every time. Okay. We should always try and be lying strong in everything we do, shouldn't we, Peter? I think that's probably not a bad watchword to live by. Our show, folks. I want to thank the one, the only, the amazing Peter Gallo for being on my show. There's been so much from talking with you today, and I will hope one day after the coronavirus we can interview in person. Uh, the next time I'm down in uh, in Orlando, I shall uh, I'll come back to you on that one. As soon as the COVID situation is over. Yes. And be sure to listen to us next week on the Tiberius Show with your host, Tiberius Boy! The Tiberius Show is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. Executive producer, Joseph Boy. Public relations, Giselle Elizabeth. Green Room manager, Danny Boy. And your program host, Tiberius Boy! The Tiberius Show is copyright 2018.